Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teaching professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this morning here on the Women of Golf Show. We're very excited to have you uh, come aboard, if you will. Uh, I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside is LPGA professional and Legends Tour player Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Doing well. Perfect. We got a great show for everybody this morning. We're going to be joined here in just a moment uh, with our guest this morning, uh, Laura Restrepo. Uh, she just won the 2019 Guardian Championship down in Prattville, Alabama, and uh, we're going to bring her on in a second. But before we introduce her, uh, Cindy, I know you've been really busy over the last little while. You've been raising some money uh, for charity and that. Just tell everybody a little bit what you've been up to. Well, I was invited to an event at Friars Head in Long Island for, it's called the Retreat, Inc., and their purpose is to eradicate domestic abuse. So I was absolutely thrilled to be able to help them raise some money, and I got to see a bunch of uh, old buddies that played on the LPGA Tour and uh, teach in the Met section of the PGA. So we just had a great time in the golf course. Holy cow. It, it might be one of the prettiest <laughs> places I've ever been. Just amazing. Wow. Totally amazing. Wow. I, it, the GPS said turn left. And uh, at, my husband was driving with me, and he, he said, there's nothing here except a mailbox and a bunch of heather. And I said, that's weird. I said, well go turn. And we turned in about an eighth of a mile. These big gates started to open up. <laughs> and we're like, where are we going? And then about another quarter of a mile, all of a sudden the tree stopped and we saw Long Island Sound in this beautiful golf course hidden. And Oh my gosh, it was absolutely gorgeous and the people that I got to play with were amazing. So I'm just I'm so grateful. Sometimes you just have to pinch yourself. And then later in the week yeah. we went to Naples, Florida and uh played golf with the people from K two telecommunications at the Ritz Carlton. So last week was uh Cinderella. <laughs> this week it's back. Yeah. <laughs> the ball is over. Well, you know, we were all joking aside, you know, we were talking just a moment or two before we went live about how really golf provides so many great opportunities to raise, you know, money for some, some wonderful causes. And it's really unlike so many other sports. And again, I don't want to, you know, take away from other uh, sports or activities. They certainly do uh, more than their fair share, but golf just really lends itself. It's it's the perfect vessel, if you will, um, for hosting and, and having uh, a good charitable uh, charitable event because you get to have some fun 
Uh, and as I said, you know, you're not just sort of writing checks and things like that. You're actually out there uh, enjoying yourselves uh, while at the same time um, helping out uh, some worthy causes. So kudos to you and, and all of the other uh, participants uh, in that uh, event. And, um, and uh, you, you guys did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And and I, I'm sure you know. On a side note, you, you and Alan, when we were, po- I hope you weren't thinking you were going into the pearly gates. When you're, I mean, that would be a little scary <laughs> pulling up and all you see is a couple of gates. Say, Alan, I think we took the wrong turn here. <laughs> right. Oh wow. Right. Yeah. All right. On a on a shifting back into a serious mode here, um, we got a very special guest this morning. Uh, as I mentioned, Laura Restrepo. Uh, she won uh, this last week in Symmetra Tour event, the 2019 Guardian Championship. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about her, and then Cindy and I will welcome her aboard on the show. Uh, Laura is uh, 25 and a native of Panama City, Panama. Uh, she was inducted into their uh, Panama uh, Golf Hall of Fame back in 2012. Uh, she was a three-time all-conference selection uh, for the University of Louisville and a uh, four-time collegiate tournament winner, including the 2013 IU Fall kickoff, uh, the 2013 Cardinal Cup, and the 2014 Cardinal kickoff, and also the 2016 Battle of the Bluegrass State. Uh, she finished uh, tied 106 at the first stage of the 2016 LPGA qualifying tournament to earn her Symmetra Tour membership for the 2017 season, and has represented her native country at the 2019 Panama, uh, sorry, Pan American Games in Lima, Peru. Uh, she stepped in for the first time, Cindy, uh, the winner's circle, as I mentioned, as a professional this past weekend at the 2019 Guardian Championship. Um, so let's uh, welcome her aboard and uh, help congratulate her on her win. Good morning. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you guys? We're doing great. Where are you? We're doing uh, I'm in Orlando right now, actually, for the next event. Awesome. Awesome. Go ahead. Tom. Very good. Well, well, congratulations first off, uh, Laura, on uh, on your first uh, professional win. Uh, I know you got to be pretty pretty excited about that. Um, so tell us, uh, just to start things off, tell us how you're feeling right now. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me this morning. This is pretty cool to be able to do this. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I I just can't explain how happy I am. I still I don't think I've fully processed it yet but it feels amazing (laughs) the dream come true for for sure well i think you know when you talk to most golfers um who have had you know their first win and and some that go on obviously have multiple wins i think their first win regardless of where or or the circumstances always seems to stick with them uh, the most, uh, you know, it's that that's that first big hurdle that they've had to get over. Is that kind of how you're feeling right now? It's like, whew, boy, I've, I've finally put it together, and and all this hard work's paid off. Yes, I think I'm I'm really never gonna forget this. Uh, to get the first one, it's pretty amazing. I've worked so hard my whole life to get to this point, and I've always wanted it. And it's hard to believe that it finally all came together and it happened. It's just, it has been so special this past few days. Well, congratulations again. And, and let me just, uh, just to get into the tournament a little bit. Um, what was kind of interesting is, uh, and, and as I mentioned, you know, obviously, and you pointed out that, you know, you worked really hard to get here. Um, but it wasn't an easy journey, even in the tournament. You were actually uh, a little ways back. Uh, 
uh, until about the second uh, round. And then uh, the last round, you were actually four shots back uh, in the tournament. So when you were at that point, you're four shots back now, put your mind back into the tournament. What was your thought process from that point forward? What did you say to yourself? Okay, I've got to do this in order to win. Uh, or what were you thinking about at that particular time? Honestly, I wasn't really thinking about winning at all. <laughs> uh, after the second round, I think I was in eighth place, and that's the highest I've ever been uh, coming into the last round. So I was just trying to stay calm. I told myself that probably 14 was going to be the number and that I had to shoot eight under to get there, and that felt a little unrealistic in the morning. So I just told myself, get to 10 under and then see what happens. And then when I made the turn, I was at 10 and I I was kind of shocked. And I was like, all right, get to 11, get to 12, get to 13. And I just kept making the birdies and making the putts. And I wasn't thinking about winning at all. I was, and I think that's really what helped me and made the difference from the past of like the rest of the season coming up to this point. Like I really wasn't thinking about that. I was just taking it one shot at a time and trying to make birdies not thinking about the end result, and I think that's that's really what made the difference. Right, well said. Um, I just want to ask one more question, and then, Cindy, I'm going to pass it over to you. Um, you know, we, we've had the pleasure, as I'm sure you're aware, of speaking with many of the winners uh, over the last several seasons off the Symmetra Tour, and one thing that, that has sort of been resounding in some of the comments we've heard from the young ladies that have been on, and I'm just curious to get your thoughts, is obviously we know tournament play uh, brings a lot of pressure. Um, But do you think as a player that sometimes you put undue pressure on yourself, um, especially if you're not having a good season um, in order to to get towards that win? Do you feel like over the last couple of seasons here on the Symmetra Tour that, you know, you've really put a lot of pressure on yourself? And if so, what have you done or what do you think you're doing to try and alleviate that a little bit? Oh, yes, 100%. I mean, we put so many expectations and so much pressure because we want it so bad. And we know we've been putting in the work and just not seeing the results can be so disheartening and so frustrating. Um, But going through the season, I've been talking a lot to my coach and he's been telling me, like, you're trying too hard. You're, You're thinking too much. And it was hard to process really what he was trying to tell me. But it all really came together this past week. I changed my mind, mindset quite a bit. I actually listened to your interview last week when you interviewed Alejandra. She's a pretty good friend of mine. And I just wanted to see, like, what she was doing because she was kind of having an up-and-down season like I was. And I was like, what changed? What did she do different? What can I do? And I listened mm-hmm. to her, and she said, you know, I didn't change anything. I trusted what I've been doing. I wasn't trying harder. I was just doing the same thing and trusting that the results were going to come. And I was like, you know, I can do that too. And she also talked about, um, like, remembering why you're playing and the love for the game and not thinking about the results. And I said, you know, let's do that. The season's about to end. My mom was actually coming that week. And I said, you know, let's just enjoy this week. Let's have fun. Enjoy my mom's company. And, And it really worked. I'm glad I listened last week because I think that took a big part of (laughs) a big part of it and it was kind of like what my coach has been telling me all year too and it it just kind of clicked 
Well, that's fantastic, and we appreciate the the shout out, and that should give you to in, some incentive to keep listening every week, because obviously you're going to get some good uh, advice here on the show. So we're thankful for that. Uh, Cindy, go ahead. So going along those lines, what Alejandra said was was huge. It was, you know, I remember wanting to go out and play golf by myself as a little girl, and just having fun. And and I absolutely love doing that, even though I'm an old woman, right? And and it's just like, why do we play? And there's so many people, and, and I think we put the pressure on ourselves, but I think it can also come from outside sources. So I think you almost have to put up a, a fence around yourself, you know, for everybody, what's the matter? Why are you missing the cut? You're not playing as well as you want to. And, you know, it's like, Hey guys, I'm up here grinding my guts out. So you just have to be able to put up that fence and then play for yourself. So good for yeah, you. That I'm, is so very proud true. you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Really appreciate it. Now, was Mary Bryant your coach? She was my coach. I was actually talking to her this morning. You were? She was my assistant. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. She's a little you bit older Mary? than me, but she's awesome. Yeah, I played on the tour with Mary. No way. So, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's a great lady. That's very cool. Now, what's the what's the best part of your game? Uh, I would say my irons are the best part of my game, and this week it really showed. I mean, I hit the ball so great. The first round I shot even with 16 greens, and the two times uh, – I was off the green. I got it up and down. I actually three putted three times, but then so you made the eighteen pars. No, you made two birdies. Yeah, I made three three bogeys, three three putts the first round. But I was doing uh, the ball so great. So um, the last two days, I actually did make the putts, but my ball striking was really what made the difference. Uh, my irons are are pretty good when they're when they're hot. That's awesome. So do you hit it really close? I do. I give myself a lot of chances, and the putter came came in clutch this week, and I was able to convert a lot of those opportunities. You know, and it's just the lessons that you learn, it's, it's amazing to me because you could have been depressed after the first round saying, oh, you only shot even par, you hit 16 greens, you can't hit it any better. And when you hit 16 greens, you're probably not going to be within 15 feet on every one of them, right? Right. And, and you and you might have a few three putts, but then you know it's it, the lesson is don't ever give up, ever. Oh yeah, yeah. If, and that's the big lesson I've learned this week. I mean, it's been three years since I turned professional, and I've had some success in the mini tours, but on the Symmetra tour, it hasn't really been what I wanted and what I expected from myself. And it's been very frustrating. It's been a tough year, a lot of ups and, ups and downs, uh, a lot of cuts missed, a lot of inconsistency. But I knew I was so close, it just wasn't clicking. And actually, when I was driving to this event after um, the win, I was talking to my mom, and I, I got really emotional. I told her, I can't tell you how many times I made the drive to the next tournament, just frustrated, crying, just trying to figure out what I could do to improve, like, what was I not doing right? And then to have it all finally come together, it's just, <laughs> there are no words. <laughs> it made it that's, all that's, worth it. it. 
good girl because it's just confirmation that, yes, I'm supposed to do this. Yes, I measured up. Yes, I'm good enough. And, you know, it's funny because um, we, we're working with a young girl who just graduated from college, and she wants to turn pro next year. <clears throat> she came in for a lesson yesterday, and I heard her and Alan talking behind me because I was hitting balls. And she's like, it just doesn't feel right, you know. And so she, he's like, but you're doing the right thing. You have to keep doing this, you know. It, it, it's just, I know the feeling, you know. Both my husband and yeah. I played on the tour, and and so it's just like, do you love this enough to keep going? Because yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, she she substitute teaching at a school, so she doesn't have to work full time, and she's teaching Chinese children English on the internet, right? To make some extra wow. money. And and so you do what you have to do. I it's funny that you know, I was I had my LPGA tour card and I was working as a waitress at night so I could pay the rent and the and the apartment that I had and I waited on Nathaniel Crosby and Tony Penna one night. And and I'm sitting no there way. going, Okay, this kid's not on tour I have an LPGA tour card and I'm serving him his dinner. And I was like, Oh yeah, I have my LPGA tour card. You do, you know, like why are you working? (laughs) Well, my dad isn't Bing Crosby and I'm not rich, you know? So it's just, you, you have to humble yourself and be willing to work, 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 work. So I'm so proud of you for not giving up. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, it is very true that you have to really love it. It's, it's not for everybody. This career can be really lonely and really tough. And there's so many more downs than ups, but the ups are just unbelievable and are so worth all all the hard work. That's great. Ted? Well said. Well, Laura, let me ask you this. Um, let's sort of flip the, the script a little bit here, if you will. Uh, you mentioned about Alejandra. You listened in. Uh, actually, I think it was two weeks ago. I think last week, if I'm not mistaken, was Esther Lee. Um, but nevertheless, uh, we're glad that you joined uh, in and listened to the show. Let me ask you, Laura, from your standpoint, if another player was listening to this show that maybe has been going through some of the same struggles that you have, what advice would you give them? Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give them? I would say don't give up. You're a lot closer than you think you are and just keep grinding and it's it's going to happen. It's just you just have to wait for like your time to shine kind of thing. It's like it's it's going to happen. Just stay patient and like keep believing because it's going to come. Right. Well said. And I think also the, the, the key word that, that has sort of resonated a lot with many of the other young ladies that have come on the show is that um, when they realized that they needed to be out there and just have fun, uh, and obviously you've got to grind and you've got to work hard and do all of the things that, that you need to do in order to stay sharp, but once they realized that, hey, I just want to come out and have fun here on tour, and whatever happens, happens. Once they sort of did that, it was amazing that all of a sudden they started winning. Was that kind of the feeling that you've had? Yes, 100%. I, I would agree with that. I think once you stop thinking about results and um, 
yeah, cuts and where you are in the money list and what's at stake and you just go play golf and you just take it one shot at a time and you just have fun and enjoy it. I think it makes a big difference. And it, I mean, not only so do now you that, play better, but you're just happier too. Well, you, I think you're more relaxed. And, and as Cindy mentioned yeah. earlier, and she often has, has said on the show, you know, you've got to learn to turn out, uh, uh, turn off, if you will, the committee of they, because there's always going to be people, as she pointed out, um, you know, well, why didn't you make the cut this week? Or, you know, why aren't you playing better? Or why aren't you doing that? And a lot of times that chatter can play on your on your emotions. And golf is not just a physical game, but it's also uh, a mental game and an emotional game. If your emotions are down, uh, you know, like you said, you were, you know, driving in the car a lot of times after tournaments and that you didn't do well in, and, you know, you were very emotional about it and that, which is understandable, and it's good to get those emotions out, but a lot of times uh, it can also overtake um, the good part as well because it, it just, you know, sort of clouds your judgment sometimes. So what do you do mentally when you're coming into an event to prepare, and, and particularly now that you've got that win, now that you know for sure, hey, I can do it, what's your mental process going to be from here on out? Well, I think this is definitely going to improve my confidence a lot. It's reassured me that I can't do it and that I do belong here. Um, but I think just try to stay, do the same thing I did this week. Just take it one week at a time. Every week's a new opportunity. Uh, and just stay really positive. And just know that it can happen at any time if you let it. You can't force it. Right. Exactly. Well said. So let me ask you this, uh, another question, and Cindy, I'll give it back to you. Um, Laura, obviously you have to spend a lot of time, uh, you know, practicing and obviously playing. Uh, this is, this is your career right now, uh, at this stage of your life. Um, but outside of golf, what other things do you enjoy doing? What, what else makes Laura happy? Um, I like to travel a lot. I like to spend time with my family. I've been away from home for a long time. So being with friends and family is, is really special for me because I've been, away for so long and on the road so being with friends and family traveling um sometimes just staying home and watching a movie um reading um yeah that kind of thing where you're with people that you love and and at home (laughs) i i couldn't agree more i think that's that's fantastic um Cindy, any any uh, um, final questions or thoughts that you want to express? Did you say anything to Alejandra? I did. She actually congratulated me on the on the 18th hole, and I gave her a big hole, a big hug, and I told her that she was a, a a big part of it and really inspired me two weeks ago that that I could do it too, and just seeing her do it made me so happy that I wanted to do it too, and we we shared a good hug. You know, I would like to ask you one question because um, I, when I go play on the Legends Tour, when I see all my friends that I played on the LPGA Tour with, you know, 35 years ago, it's not who can beat who. It's how are you? What have you been doing? How's your life? How's your family? How's your health? And And I teach a lot of kids. And some of their parents are so 
bad, just bad about who beat who and who's playing better than who. And I think that the better you get, the more respect we have for each other because we all understand how hard this is. And even though you might be sad and depressed that you haven't played well, you still appreciate and acknowledge and congratulate your friends when they play well. So what would you say to those parents? What would you say to those parents? I would just say that there's so much more to life than, than just golf and results. I mean, golf has given me some of my best friends in, in my whole life. So there's just so much more that goes into results and friendships and experiences are so much more important than, than trophies and who, what, who shot what. And it's just friendships are more important than all that. Thank you. Agree. That was, yeah, I think that's a great answer. And just finally, um, before we let you go, Laura, cause I know you've, you've got things you need to do. Um, Obviously, you're going to continue to play, and your your goal uh, is to, to get out on the LPGA Tour and, and battle with, with some of the best young ladies uh, in, in golf. Um, but is there something else, maybe a little further down the road, that you'd also like to do? Have you ever thought of maybe teaching golf at some point, or is there some other um, interest besides golf that maybe you'd like to do? Um, yeah, I think... I think I would like to coach down the line, but uh, we'll see. I I think, I mean, Panama is such a small country, and I think a big goal of mine in the long run is to try to grow golf, especially female golf in Panama. So I think that's that's definitely in in the goals I want to accomplish and um, try to do throughout my career. That would be very special for me. Very good. Well, I think that's a, a great goal to have. Well, Laura, thank you very much for joining us this morning. You were fantastic. Uh, Congratulations again on your win. And uh, the best of luck moving forward. And I hope you come back and visit us again. And actually, maybe what we'll do, we'll we'll get Alejandra to come with you. And uh, the two of you can come on and uh, and share some of your uh, uh, experiences uh, a little further down the road. I hope you'll do that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me this morning. I mean, this is a great honor. (laughs) Well, you we are glad welcome. To have you. Good luck, honey. Keep up the great Thank you attitude. So <laughs> we'll do. All Thank right. Have you. A, all right. Good luck this week, Laura. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was uh, Laura Restrepo, uh, winner of the uh, 2019 Guardian Championship, as I mentioned, in Prattville, Alabama. Um, great course there, by the way. See, I haven't actually played it, but I've been there. Uh, one of the Robert Trent Jones, uh, part of the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail in Alabama. Uh, some really, really uh, nice uh, courses there in that state. Um, and what a great attitude that she has. I mean, you know, she's talked about how she struggled a lot, uh, has been kind of down in the dumps, uh, you know, quite often just because of, you know, not being able to, to close it out. Um, but it's amazing how that win just you know, does a 180, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just, isn't it cool? Yeah, it is. And and you're exactly right. You know, I think that, you know, and, and we've talked about this before, but golf in general, 
for, for especially for those that are, that have the abilities to to get out on on tour, you know, win, lose or draw. I think if you've got the ability to even get out there in the first place, you're already a winner in my books. I mean, it's it's tough for for those of you, and you know that yourself, Cindy, how hard it is just to get there uh, in the first place, and you're competing against so many strong uh, individuals out there. Um, you know, week in, week out, and it can be it can be daunting. I'm sure for for many of uh, these, especially these young girls. I mean, most of them are in you know, early 20s, uh, they're just starting out their lives. And it's, it's, uh, it's a tough grind out there. Wouldn't you agree? Unbelievable. And again, it's, you know, it's why you just can't give up. You've got to fall in love with the game. You've got to give yourself yeah. time to learn. It's just, it, it's the mental challenges. It's all of the above, right? Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing too is what, and and you know she kind of talked about this that there were more downs and ups, uh, which is going to be true in anything in life. You're always, you know, you're certainly you're going to have successes in life, um, but I think the key thing is you've got to learn from the downs. If you're not learning something from the downs, then it's going to be that much harder to have the ups. And uh, I think that this is something that's going to give her, uh, you know, I'm referring to Laura now uh, and, and the other young ladies that have been on the show. I think that understanding who they are first and foremost um, is going to help them in their journey in life, whether they go on to have a huge uh, successful golf career or whether maybe they just win a, a tournament here and there. I think understanding themselves first and foremost is going to make them much happier uh, than if they won a hundred tournaments and just, you know, didn't really care about anything. Um, they've all got some very strong uh, ethics and, and, and good morals, and I think that they just want to go out there and uh, be their best. And um, I think if they're doing it for themselves and not doing it for somebody else, whether it be a parent or otherwise, um, I think if they're just going out there and having fun, I think they're going to be successful regardless of, of what the outcomes are. Um, great, uh, great interview. I enjoyed having her on the show. And it was nice to hear. And she's so humble uh, and grateful and excited, you know. That's what – it was like, oh, I'm so happy to be here. And like, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, that's nice. And and it was nice that she gave a little plug, too, that she said, you know, I listened – she had the weeks wrong, unfortunately, but uh, because I checked. But um, nevertheless, uh, it was nice to hear that she listened into one of the shows uh, with one of her fellow players and really – got some advice from that so that just uh reinforces for us that we know it's working so um we're glad to to be able to do that all right cindy i want to uh shift gears a little bit here and we're gonna have a little bit of a discussion this morning and it's really about beginning golfers um because there's you know in order to grow the game um you know we can certainly do things to to help our existing golfers which we're going to do you know every week um but we want to encourage new people uh, coming this game and when they do come uh, you know they're going to have some questions or they're going to have some thoughts about uh, what to do and where to do it and how to go about it so we're going to talk a little bit about that so I'm going to ask you uh, this question first and then we'll we'll sort of uh, give our thoughts and perspectives on it and this is for an individual Cindy who has never played you know many of us you know uh, you and I and, and many others out there that maybe started learning this game as a child maybe are you know, parent uh, took us out to the golf course or to the, the driving range and, and sort of, uh, you know, uh, egged us along to, to learn this game. Uh, but there are many out there that haven't uh, had that opportunity uh, for one reason or another. 
Um, they've never hit a golf ball in their life. Um, and the question that they're asking is, is there any hope that I can learn to play this game despite what I just mentioned? What are your thoughts there? What would you say to somebody that came to you and asked you that very same question? If there's hope that they can play? Yep. From total beginner? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, never played as a child. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It, yes. It's true. <laughs> like, really? Why would you ask that question? Of course you can play. Get over here. Let's have some fun. Well, Absolutely. I, I asked this question. Yeah, I asked this question to my panel on on Thursday nights on on the coach's corner, and it's interesting because one of the examples I used was, of course, um, was Larry Nelson, who uh, was, of course, a PGA Tour member uh, for many many years, and I believe he's on uh, still on the Champions Tour. Um, but he didn't take golf up uh, until in his twenties. Uh, he actually uh, uh, served over, uh, I believe, in the don't quote me on this. I think it was the uh, Vietnam War. Uh, and then when he came back, uh, actually learned to play golf. So he was well in his 20s. So he never played as a child. He didn't take up the game. He did play other sports. He was very uh, prominent in baseball. And the reason why I asked this is because he went on, of course, to win uh, multiple tournaments. I'm sure Alan uh, knows him very, uh, quite well. Yep. But there's a perfect example of somebody that never played as a child that went on to be, and that doesn't mean everybody that, that, you know, takes up later in life is going to have the same success he did. Um, but you know, it is kind of laughable that somebody would think, well, you know, I've never played, never hit a golf ball. Can I play? Well, of course, anybody, as long as you have an interest, you can play, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. What a silly question. It, it, you can play even if you're disabled, you can learn to play. Right. Well, and, and I think what a lot of it is, is, you know, people, uh, golf is certainly, as you, as you and I both know, uh, can be a difficult game. It, it is one of the harder games to learn. Uh, and, and I don't like to use the word master, but uh, to improve on because it takes a commitment. And, um, you know, other sports, uh, certainly, you know, if you want to get the highest level, you've, you've got to work hard too. But, you know, you can bounce a basketball and throw it up into a, to a net and you can do the other things, but golf takes a little bit more uh, effort than, than just some of these other sports. But um, I think if you've got the hope and the desire to learn, um, you can play golf at any age, uh, even if you've never played the game before. So uh, we, we want to encourage those that uh, maybe you're sitting on the fence to go to at least try it. Um, now let's fast forward a little bit, Cindy. And now we've got somebody that's, you know, expressed an interest. It's again, a beginning golfer, and this is a question that they have uh, as well, and I want to get your thoughts here, is should I take individual lessons or would group lessons be the best way to go? I would definitely start with private lessons. I, I think once you know what you're working on and you come in, you know, you can then move on to group lessons. But to start, you need one-on-one -on -one time to know exactly how to, you know, how, what the face looks like to be square, how to create a, you know, repeatable setup position, how to aim at a target. There's just so many things that you need to know that private lessons are going to work best to begin with. And I suggest everybody come in for an intro lesson and then they can choose to purchase a package and then continue from there on in. And that includes privates and group lessons. Yeah, so. I, I agree. I mean, I think, 
you know, if you're somebody that's comfortable in groups and you're not, a, a, you know, a, an overly nervous individual, you know, if you want to test the waters and maybe you've got a friend that, that participates in, in some sort of a group um, and you want to sort of, you know, piggyback off of that just to see whether you're going to like it, I think that's okay. But I agree. I think there's a lot to uh, to sort of unpack for a beginner in the very uh, early stages. And I think a one-on-one um, where you've got that, that direct focus. And something else, too, that I, I think that a lot of beginning golfers, and I would strongly urge uh, our fellow coaches that uh, are, are maybe tuning into the show as well, um, because I've heard this a lot from a, a number of people uh, in the industry, is it's not just about learning the game, but it's learning about the game. And I think that you know everything from the rules and a lot of people don't know, Cindy, what to even do when they show up at the golf course. You know, where do I go? How do I sort of, you know, check in, if you will? Um, you know, and I think there's a lot of things, and particularly the rules. I don't mean you have to dump the whole rule book on them, but I think some of the basics, I think they need to have a general understanding of how the game is played um, from a rule standpoint. And uh, also, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how many people, maybe you've had this experience as well, Cindy, where they'll come up and they'll say, well, I don't know where to go. You know, how do I, what do I do with my golf clubs? Do I just sort of dump them off on the corner and somebody takes them for me? Or, you know, obviously there's a lot of different scenarios. What are your thoughts there? Well, I wrote a book called Golf 101, and everything you need to know is in that book. So uh, besides learning how to swing at a vocabulary glossary so that you know what the words mean and a couple of rules, I would go to Amazon and buy Golf 101 for Executives by Cindy Miller. Yeah, <laughs> that was my my lead in, if you will. I knew you were going to say that, so I'm glad you did. Um, and we'll we'll recap that very uh, quickly at the end of the show as well to let people know for for you beginners out there. Um, another question, just to follow up on the lessons, um, and I've got uh, sort of one of two ways of going with this, but I want to see what your thoughts are here first. Uh, should I take lessons frequently with short intervals between them, or would it be better to take one or two lessons a week over a long period of time? What are your thoughts? Say that again. So if, if I'm taking lessons with short intervals, so let's say um, maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks, um, maybe take a lesson, or should I maybe take one or two a week, but a longer period of time? So short intervals, like let's say over the next six months, I'm going to take a lesson every couple of weeks, um, or should I maybe over a year, but have more frequent lessons? What well, would be, I would want to uh, know what your goals are. You know, why are you playing? What Are you getting ready to play in a tournament? So a lot of times in the spring or even throughout the whole year, I will have people come up and say, I have to play in a corporate outing in a month. And then I'll suggest shorter versions and more often just to keep them abreast of what they're working on because they can get – you know, confused and distracted, and um, so I will suggest that. Now, on the if they want to play, I would still suggest once a week, maybe twice a week. Right. If you well, and again, if they don't yeah. have time to practice, it all depends on the individual. What do you think? Yeah, that's exactly my point that I was going to make. I think you know, there's individuals out there that, um, you know, if, if they have a lesson maybe once every couple of weeks or even once a week, we'll take the time to go out and practice what they've taught this. So in other words, if we had a lesson today, 
you know, they're going to be able to go out um, from this point on until the next lesson and go out and work on some of these things. But there's a lot of folks out there, whether it be because of time restraints or they're just not, um, you know, they're just not very good at, at handling their, their time that don't go out and do that. They don't go out and, and work on some of the things. So by the time they come back for the next, next lesson, they've kind of forgot everything. So I think for somebody like that, that kind of needs a little extra hand-holding, um, I think maybe having a couple of lessons a week uh, would be a good idea because what you can do then from a coach's perspective is you can sort of begin the next lesson with a refresher from the previous lesson and give them an opportunity to work on that before you move on to the next stage. Because there are people that, you know, you can give them the lesson, they can go about their business, they'll, they'll work on things between now and next time. But there are a lot of people, as we know, sitting in this business that don't do that. And it just becomes, you know, really unproductive, in my opinion, for not only the individual, but for the coaches as well, because we're, we're trying to help them improve but they're just not taking the time to practice. So you almost have to force that practice, um, you know, when they come the next time. But if they're, you know, it's a week or two weeks apart, sometimes that's just, uh, you know, too much too much stuff happens in between that they, they forget it. Um, so I, I agree with what you said. I think it really depends on the why, why they're there in the first place, what level they want to get to uh, is going to dictate that as well. Um Here's a question that, that I've been asked before, and uh, I'm curious at, at your thoughts. And again, let me just preface, all of these questions are going to come from a position of depending on what the individual wants. So just take, keep that in mind. Um, but if somebody comes to you, maybe they're uh, a little bit more advanced player, and they're wanting to reduce their handicap, let's say, by five shots, but they ask this question of you is, how long will it take to achieve that goal? What are your thoughts there? Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies, I think. Cindy, are you still there? I had muted myself. I'm uh, sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> did you, do I need to repeat that or did you get it? Say it one more time. How many shots better do you want to okay. be? So um, somebody wants to reduce their handicap by five shots. Um, how long will it take to achieve that goal? So it, you can use another number if you want, but you know, five shots is a pretty reasonable thing for for somebody to do. What are your thoughts as far as uh, a time frame? Because they're going to come to you and say, look, you know, I, I want to work with you here, and I want to reduce my handicap by even let's say ten shots. They want to get a gauge of how long realistically this is going to take them. Well, you know, it's funny you ask that because as a Golf Channel Academy lead coach, we went through some training and the statistics from a couple of different places show that you can reduce your scoring average by five to seven shots if you work really hard over a one-year time period. Mm -hmm. So to make Very it consistent, you know, I can help you get better quickly and hit better shots, but just as Laura on our, you know, the Symmetra Tour player on our show, she's been working hard all year long, missed the cut the week before, and then shot even part of the first day, hit 16 greens, had three three putts, you know, three birdies, three bogeys, was depressed. The next day hit a lot of greens and made a lot of putts and shot 66-64. So you never know when it's going to get better, but to trust your new swing – and to be able to perform 
over the long haul, it's probably going to take a year. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, and, and you know, there, it can vary from, from individual to individual, depending on how much time they want to put into it. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind as well, um, which uh, somebody on the panel this week, uh, this past week uh, pointed out, you know, it depends on what level you're already at. You know, for instance, if you're a 25 or 30 handicap, it's a lot easier to shave those, you know, five to seven strokes off. But if you're somebody that's uh, maybe a two handicap or even a five handicap, once you get to become a better player, you know, shaving those few strokes off is a lot harder um, because you're already an accomplished player. So it becomes a little bit more uh, difficult uh, to, to, to make that, that big of a leap, if you will. Um, but it's much easier, of course, getting, as I said, a 25 or even a 30 handicap down by five or 10 shots, um, you know, whether it be a year or, or a little bit longer. So, you know, it, it depends on the individual and it goes back to the previous question is, you know, really, um, what am I willing to commit with this? Am I willing to put in the time um, with my instructor or my coach uh, in order to achieve these goals that, that we've put together? Um, but uh, again, going back to what you've always said is you really have to understand the why you're there in the first place. Because if you, if you don't understand the why, then the rest really is much more difficult to sort of put into perspective. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to know yeah, why I, you're doing I, it and what, and how committed you are. I, I've had people come, you know, total beginners. It's easy to find five shots, seven shots, right. ten shots. Um, somebody who's a 14 handicap who wants to get under five, it could be really easy or it could be, you know, you blow up, you get too mad. You know, it's like Laura just said and Alejandra and Esther, you know, you can't try too hard. It, it, everyone goes through the same learning curve. In my mm. opinion, you have to go through the, the same steps or stages. Right. But depending on how hard you work, you can go through them faster. Right. Do you agree? Well, and, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I, and I think the other thing to, to keep in mind is you might learn – quicker than what I might learn and in a different way. So just because Cindy is able to shave five strokes off in six months doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to. It depends on the level of commitment. It depends on a lot of factors. So you can't measure yourself against somebody else. You have to find your own rhythm and your own uh, way of approaching things. And that's something that if you communicate, that's why communication between the student and the coach or teacher uh, is, is vital and, and critical because if there isn't a good communication or a good flow of communication between the two, it's very hard for you and I, Cindy, to be able to help the student. Uh, you know, we can certainly tell them whatever they want to hear, um, but if they're not receiving, if they're not tuned into the same channel, it can be very, very difficult. So the line of communication has to be open um, and they have to be receptive to what we're telling them and then be willing to put it into practice because if they're not, then they're not going to see the results and they're going to obviously become frustrated. And ultimately we're going to become frustrated because we're going to, you know, run out of, of ideas to be able to help them. So you have to kind of be on the same frequency, if you will, as, as a student and a coach. Uh, and that's not always easy. And some adapt very quickly to circumstances uh, much more so than somebody else. And that's why, you know, when you listen to Laura earlier, 
uh, in the segment, you know, she talked about how she's finally starting to understand that she needs to kind of let go of certain things and just go out there and have a good time. Well, some of those young ladies learned that lesson a little faster than others uh, and ultimately went on to, uh, to continue to win. So, uh, again, it depends on the individual. Um, here's the last question I want to ask, and then uh, before we go off, we're going to play your uh, promo spot uh, before we close out. Um, but here's the question. How do you know uh, you can make a better golfer out of me? I practice a lot, and I just don't seem to get any better. How do you know if, if a student's coming to you, obviously they've been playing for a little bit, but they're frustrated, they're just not seeing results, uh, and they're coming to you for help, um, and they want to know, how do I know, you, you know, how do I know you're going to be able to help me? What would you say to them? Anyone that's willing to learn and is open, I can help get better. I don't care who you are, where you are, what you do. I can help you, but you have to be open and willing to make some changes. And if you are, I guarantee you that you will improve. I guarantee it. Yep. Uh, And I would say the same. Yeah, I would say the same thing. And and I think the first thing, because there's there's a word in there uh, or a phrase, if you will, in that sentence that jumped out me right away. It says, I practiced a lot but I'm not seeing any results. I'm not improving. So that would tell me well, as an instructor, you're practicing the I wrong thing. The pra- right. That's what I would, that's what I would want to do is I would want to identify. So probably what I would do first before, you know, obviously I want to see them hit balls and things like that, but I want to see them show me how they practice because within that session, I would be able to identify the areas that they're not focusing on in the areas that they're maybe focusing too much on. Um, and I guarantee you probably nine times out of 10, they're practicing the wrong things. Which absolutely you concur. With well, here's, yeah, the catch. Because here's the catch. If you practice and you hit it really good in practice and you can't play, it's not a golf swing issue. It's a mental issue. Right. So I right. would say, well, let's go play golf. I mean, we will find the shots, you know, that's, the game find the shots i've got a girl you know trying to qualify for a college golf team and she's she's accepted the challenge to go to a school where she's not quite good enough and i said okay what did the best player shoot in the qualifier 14 shots lower than her i said so when you lay in bed tonight and you're starting to beat yourself up to say i'm no good i suck i can't do this I want you to stop yourself and say, how do I find 14 shots? That's what I have to do. I have to find 14 shots. So don't be negative. Try to be creative of, oh, well, I missed that putt. I could have chipped it closer there. I could have done this. I could have done that. That's how you have to improve. So it's all your mindset. How do I find 14 shots? And there might come a point where you say, you know what? Like for me, you know, I want to play on the Legends Tour, but the reality is I'm kind of old. And when you've got 18 years older than the youngest person on the Legends Tour, it's like, okay, uh, when's the time to look in the mirror, right? (laughs) Right. But yet I don't want to give up. So, okay, well, let's find a challenge that you can win. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the truth hurts, but other times you have to be willing to look in the mirror and see what you can do about it. And if there's something that can be done, it can be fixed. Yeah. And, and you're exactly right. You have to look at yourself and you have to look at it as, you know, what is it that I'm doing? 
And if, it, if what I'm doing is not achieving the results I want, then what do I need to change in order to accomplish that? So you have to, you have to, it's almost like, you know, we always talk about, you know, work from the green back to the T, you know, okay, I want to get in myself in a position for, uh, you know, a birdie putt or eagle putt, depending on, on the situation. Uh, well, what do I need to do to get to, to give me that opportunity? Well, it's the same thing in, in improving in golf is you have to say, okay, what's my goal? Now I'm going to work backwards. And if what I'm doing is not moving in a forward momentum to achieve that goal, then I have to find where in the efforts that I'm making is preventing me from moving forward, moving that needle forward, if you will. And more often than not, I think in most amateur golfers that we see out there, Cindy, is it boils down to they're not practicing the right things. Um, they don't have any sense of purpose in how they practice. And or if they're, as you suggested, if they're hitting the ball well, um, it's not a ball striking issue. It's a mental issue because when they get out in the golf course, I mean, we hear this phrase all the time, you know, I wish I could take my, my, you know, uh, my range game out in the golf course because I hit the ball beautifully out in the range. But when I get out in the golf course, it's like all hell breaks out and it sucks. So obviously there's some sort of a mental breakdown that's happening once they step off the practice tee. And that's what you need to uncover. And you're exactly right. Let's get them out in the golf course and let's find out what's going on. And the only way you can do that, uh, you know, is to really take a hard look at yourself. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. That's for sure. So, yeah. So in closing, let me just say this uh, to the listeners out there for, for somebody that maybe uh, doesn't play a lot of golf, uh, maybe has never played golf. Uh, yes, there is hope. You can play. Um, you just have to have a willingness uh, to listen and to learn. Um, but you also have to have the willingness to go out and, and practice and work at it. And depending on what level you want to get at uh, dictates the level of, of uh, practice that you want to do. So obviously, you know, if you're looking to, to make it out on tour someday, well, you're going to have to practice a lot to, to be able to do that. Um, and you definitely want to go to somebody um, like a Cindy Miller uh, or others out there um, to get professional help. You're not going to – very few people are, are able to do it on their own, so you want to reach out within your community and find a good uh, qualified professional, LPJ, PJ, or otherwise, uh, in your neck of the woods and have a discussion with them. And the other thing is – you have to set goals and you have to be willing to put the, not just the hard work, but you need to think about, put some thought into it as well. Okay. How do I get to those goals? Uh, what do I need to do to get there? And that's something that the, the teacher or coach can help you with as well, helping you set those goals and helping you on a successful path to reach those goals. And, um, and if you're not doing that and you're not having success and you're not reaching that, then you need to take a hard look at yourself and decide what is it that I'm doing wrong and sort of do a reassessment, if you will. And uh, I think you'll find that if you do those things uh, and you're honest with yourself about it, I think you'll enjoy it. And the most important thing, I think the last one is just go and have fun. Um, you know, the world's not going to end because you're not, um, you know, uh, shooting under par. Uh, the world will go on. Uh, just go out and find It's a game and uh, do the best that you can and take steps to help improve that. All right, so let's set up your spot, and then we'll close out. 
Well, I believe that people need to learn to play the golf to use it as a business tool, so go for it. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course. Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for Executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to CindyMillerInc.com. Well said. And Cindy, uh, you also wrote a great book, Golf 101. Where can the folks get a copy of that? Go to Amazon, uh, Golf 101 for Executives by Cindy Miller, or you can email me, Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com. Perfect. Well, on that note, we want to once again thank our our very special guest this morning, Laura Restrepo, uh, for joining us this morning. Again, congratulations on behalf of Cindy and I uh, on your win this uh, past weekend, uh, the Guardian Championship, and good luck this week uh, down in Orlando. Uh, On that note, we want to thank you. We hope you'll come back and join us again next week here on the Women of Golf Show. We'll have another great young lady from the Symmetra Tour uh, and uh, uh, possibly another uh, great guest will be joining us. And if not, we'll have another discussion. But uh, either way, we hope you come back and join us. Uh, God bless everybody. Have a great week. And thank you as always, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.